Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Dish the Dirt, episode 3 of season 3. It's lovely to have you along and today I speak to Jade from Noari Flower Farm, which is a couple of kilometres outside of Geelong. Accidental flower farmers, Jade and Hayden, grow a broad range of proteas and Australian natives on their flower farm in Nawari. Ditching the city in favour of the country and the coast, in 2019, they found the cattle and sheep farm they had brought contained over nine acres of long-established plants, including 50-plus varieties of protea, leucodendron, mucosburnum, banksia, geraton wax, gum, etc. Whilst it was not love at first sight, they have spent the better part of 12 months learning the art of native flower farming, building their business and expanding their existing flower field with lots of new and exciting varieties. This is a wonderful conversation and at the beginning Jade turns the tables on me and asks me a few questions which which was quite nice and I thought about taking it out of the episode but I have left it in. So it's just sort of why I started Dish the Dirt. So thank you very much, Jade. It is wonderful to get your story. So let's get into it. It's been a nice day. It's just, you know, it's Monday. Yeah. (laughs) How about yourself? So, you know, just another day, really. Um, It's good. (laughs) It's just, I think, I'm getting... Um, the lead up to Valentine's Day, so yep. and then just work and kids and stuff. Oh, how old are your kids? Uh, Harriet is five. She's just started prep, and Evie yep. is fifteen months. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old, so I kind of feel your pain—not yeah. pain, but your challenge at the moment. Yeah, with juggling. One is harder than the big one, that's for sure. But that's okay. You know, we'll get there. Yeah, and so and so, do you? Um, do you? Are you a florist? Do you do or do you grow? Are you a grower? I sort of hadn't put two and two together. I'm a florist, and yep. when I started um floristry a while back I went to the wholesale market and I just didn't feel um connected to anything I just felt like it was very big and I didn't know who anyone was and I mean I made a few connections after a while but um I then set out to just find local flower farmers and that's how I began this whole journey really um Amazing. Yeah. and I decided I just loved them all so much that I wanted everyone to know about them <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so yes. good because it was a little COVID it was a little COVID podcast right 
was a COVID baby. Yeah, it was a COVID baby, but also it was something that I'd really wanted to do for a very long time. So yeah, and I have intentions to make it something bigger than a podcast. So just wait and see. I'm very ambitious sometimes you know what it's so good to have you've got to have goals you've got to have an ambition because you have to have something to reach towards um you've always got to be pushing for something more I think because that's what makes you grow oh for sure yeah definitely and it's just exciting it gives you something to think about you know all the time um but I probably give myself way too many things to think about (laughs) There's such and there's such a focus at the moment as well on flower miles and grown, not flown. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure if you've seen kind of all the articles lately from the flower industry about imported flowers and the use of chemicals yeah. and mm-hmm. the side effects that they can have. So I think what you're doing is so amazing because it kind of mm-hmm. puts a bit of a spotlight on growers and you know encourages people to kind of get to know the grower and, you know, form a, form a bit of a relationship to then be able to, um, yeah, support, support local. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted it to do. I wanted to have a platform that somebody could come along and listen to and find out that their grower was maybe, you know, closer to them than they'd thought or, oh, hey, there's a rose grower or a native flower farmer that I didn't know about and I'm going to go and check those people out because I had freelancers coming into my business all the time and they would say, oh, but where did you get those flowers from? And I haven't seen those at market and, like, where are they from? And I was really quite shocked that they didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, and I was shocked that lots of people are just taught to only go to the market and not to really question anything and yeah I thought that was a bit sad so although like we do need the wholesale market it's so important and there Uh are so many local flowers there I think it's good to know where your flowers are coming from and to feel confident enough to ask those questions absolutely yeah yeah and what yeah. better time to put a spotlight on it than just before Valentine's Day? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wonder how many red roses are being imported as we speak. <laughs> they're all sitting. They're all sitting in quarantine at the moment, waiting to be given the green light to go and um, surprise people on on Valentine's Day. Uh, all sitting in their roundup baths <laughs> <laughs> with their little dip of water. <laughs> oh, delicious. Uh, so talking about flowers how did you start on your flower journey and what do you grow oh where do we start um so it's an interesting story actually um we have only been in the flower industry for a little over 12 months um we so we're just we we're based in Geelong just um probably five ten minutes out of Geelong and my husband and I were looking for a little bit of a country change or a tree change to be closer to our family we um spent a couple of years living and working in New York um Canberra Melbourne um you know in the corporate 
corporate world and we had this sense mm. of longing to kind of be home closer to family in the country because we both grew up in the country on farms. So we went and we, we looked for property and, and the farm came up for sale. And to be perfectly honest with you, um, it was the perfect location, the perfect size, um, but we paid absolutely zero attention to the fact that it had a flower farm on it. <laughs> we, oh, we, <laughs> we were so just mesmerised by, you know, it's 125 acres. It was five minutes from the ring road, so easy to get to Melbourne uh-huh. and around the corner from family. So we, we sort of put an offer in and lo and behold became um, owners of this property. And it was probably a good four months um before we sort of actually really paid attention to the flowers. <laughs> um, so the the farm came with, so we're pro we're and Australian native growers. Um, we have mm. over 50 varieties of proteas across a nine-acre plot, which has, oh yeah, it has proteas, it has leucodendron, leucospernins, um, it's got, Banksias, Gravilli, um, Dryandra, Tilopia, Geraldine Wax, Woolly Bush, um, Flowering Gum, you name it, it seems to be out in the plot. Um, so we, we have quite a big space, but it was probably, I remember it vividly actually, it was the week before Mother's Day last year. Um, so mm-hmm. right sort of when COVID was really hitting. And I kid you not, but my husband was 24 hours away from bulldozing the entire plot. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel a bit sick. <laughs> I know, I know. And we went for a walk through there one night and they had these beautiful pink ice. Um, we have over 400 pink ice plants on the plot, just this one particular variety. And mm. it, they were flowering and they were just so beautiful. I said to him, I, I feel bad about, you know, bulldozing this. And so we decided to get um, an expert through to take a look because the farm had passed hands a couple of times. The proteas were actually planted back in 1999, so they're really, really well established. Yeah. But they'd been because the farm had changed hands so often they were quite neglected um and they were overgrown and so it just it just looked like so much work and it was so Mm. overwhelming for a couple of city folk who had zero knowledge about flowers (laughs) um but we got we got this expert to come and take a look and he spent about three hours with us going through everything and looking at all the plants and he just said to us you guys are crazy if you bulldoze this and get rid of it um he said you know, yeah, they're, they're neglected. Yes, they need a bit of TLC, but they're quite obviously um, very productive and they were strong and healthy plants. And so that moment on, the week before Mother's Day 2020, um, Nawari Proteas and Natives was born and it's been a crazy 12 months. It's been a steep learning curve, um, yeah. but it has been such an amazing roller coaster. Um, so enjoyable that now we're in the process of planting another thousand odd um, proteas and natives and expanding the plot oh, even bigger than nine acres. So it's really exciting. Oh, yeah, and that's incredible. So, 
you decided to keep it and then what did you have to do did you get somebody on to work for you or did you just learn from this guy what you needed to do and then got stuck in? Yeah. Because so I'm... <laughs> you're both working full-time. Yeah, we both work full-time. <laughs> um, but obviously during COVID, um, we had a lot of family who were kind of in, uh, affected by um, the closure of certain industries. And so we had a lot of family who were willing to come and help. Um, my husband is actually, he grew up on the Ballerine Peninsula on a winery. So his family are very well, um, very familiar with the Parasecretaires, which was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> and also I'm a very detailed orientated person. I do a lot of research. And so I could not tell you the amount of hours I've spent researching to make sure that I knew every detail of every plant and um, every every right way of pruning and cutting and talking to florists and wholesalers about how they like their their flowers and um, and different things. So it's it's been a really steep learning curve, um, but it's mm. been really great. And uh, we use Protea Flora as well, um, and they've been so helpful. I felt like I had them on speed dial almost saying hey guys um can you tell me a bit about this one and and they were fantastic so um so we we have had people who've been helping us um largely largely family um but we've also sort of employed some additional hands to come and help with harvest because as you can imagine, with over nine acres of proteas all going at the same time, it's it's thousands and thousands of stems every week. So, yeah, wow. So, is this something that you want to now create as your full time jobs, or do you think that you will just keep it sort of the size it is and it's working quite well the way that you're doing it? Um, I think it will turn into the full time job. Um, I think my my husband probably is is the one who's more inclined to to take it on full time. Uh, but absolutely, a hundred percent. Like we we're so invested in it now, and um, you know it, we see so many gaps and opportunities. Particularly at the moment, there seems to be a real focus and a return of um, demand for Australian grown natives as well. So they seem to be coming back into the spotlight, which is so amazing. Um, But yeah, absolutely. It's for us, it's, it's turning into a full-time business, a full-time business. And we're super excited about the future and, and making it, making it viable. Yeah. Wonderful. So you say you've got different varieties and you had to look after them differently. Have you found it, uh, is it quite labor intensive looking after native flowers or is it quite easy once you get them under control? I think once you get them under control, it's quite easy. It's not like, um, you know, some of your rose farmers, dahlia farmers, where it's just constantly, um, on the tools and making sure that um, they're pruned and mulched and, and all that stuff. I think once for us, the last 12 months have been really labor intensive, just trying to get the plants back to um, back to a good state, I guess, because they were so overgrown. We've spent a lot of time 
really aggressively pruning a lot of the plants mm-hmm. and removing, you know, the dead heads and stuff. So it's been quite labor intensive, but once you get them under control, the beauty with proteas in particular is they kind of thrive on being neglected to a sense, you know, watering yeah. once they're established after their first, you know, first year, first, second year, you don't need to continually continuously water them. They sort of will just um, thrive in the surroundings and the water that they get naturally. So I think um, that makes them really easy in a sense to farm. Um, yeah. But I guess after flowering season, it's always good to go out and prune them once they've flowered um, to make sure that you kind of stimulate that growth for the next season and make sure that, the stems that you're getting are kind of long and healthy and um, and so forth. So it's it's a little bit of work, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's as much work as some of the other um, farmers that you've had on your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good to know. Um, and when you, I don't know, when you took over and looked at the proteas and decided to take on this kind of mammoth task of nine acres of (laughs) native flower farm. Um, Who, was there anyone that you looked to in Australia or around the world that inspired you in your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I am not um, shy in coming forward either. Um, so I was <laughs> quite often reaching out to the guys at Yelverton over in WA and um, Dan at Kangaroo Hill and um, obviously yes. Proteiflora as well. And it's so nice to have people around who are kind of willing to share their expertise as well. So um, I particularly love just seeing all the new varieties and all the new um, blooms that people are getting and particularly, you know, Yelverton have such an amazing range of flowers and a lot of flowers that you don't commonly see either. So definitely look um, look for inspiration and, and kind of what's new and, and what we should be looking at planting in terms of what might be popular. Yeah, wonderful. And it also takes, so the ones that you're planting will take a bit of time to establish, is that correct? Yeah, correct. So we planted, um, gosh, how many? We planted about 300 last year. Um, We planted a mixture of leucodendron, leucospernum, protea and banksias. And I think Mm. the proteas and leucospernum in particular we probably won't start harvesting those for two years. So they might flower, they, they will flower in the first year, but it's it's sort of wise to cut them or, sorry, prune them so that they don't flower and you kind of create that strength in the in the. Um, the branches so we probably will see we probably won't see proper harvest for the first couple of years on those ones but after that it should um they should hopefully fingers crossed um be quite productive yeah wonderful and is that quite a hard decision to make because i guess the outlay of cost is quite it's quite a lot it's a bit of an it's a gamble for not having return 
Yeah, we're not having any return for a couple of years on that piece of land. It's a, it's a lot to, um, you know, to outlay. It is. Um, and my husband keeps telling me that I should rein in my spending, but, <laughs> um, but I, I sort of look at this as a long term investment, and I think seeing the, you know, the production of the plants that have been in for as long as they have who which are already on the plot now I think you've got to look at it more medium to long term and yes it is an investment up front now but hopefully kind of will yield the benefits of that um, in the medium to long term so for me it was a bit of a no-brainer um, and even even to this day back I keep emailing the guys that um pretty flora saying can we add this one to the to the order for april and i'd like some of these and what else do you have coming and um so i i i unfortunately keep spending (laughs) okay i probably would too um so is there a particular time of year that you have to plant natives or you can just pop them in the ground all year round yeah so typically they say to plant around autumn is the is the optimal time for planting um, uh, proteas and natives. We basically were planting most of last year. I think we were sort of, as soon as we got things, we randomly just put them in the ground. But I think we'll be a little bit more systematic about that this year. Um, So definitely April, you also get the benefit of hopefully a wet winter so you don't have to, um, you don't have to water as much. but yeah, definitely, definitely autumn period. Yeah. And the people before you, were they selling the flowers or they just had the property and didn't really notice the flowers? Yeah, at so all? they were kind of sporadically um, just doing bunches and selling them locally. Um, it was interesting because I found out the people who actually planted the plot originally back in 1999, they were actually exporting the flowers. So they were being exported over to Japan um, and they wow. were, you know, supplying uh, the, the flower markets in Melbourne. Um, it okay. went through a period where, honestly, Beck, like you would have cried, there was just cows and sheep running through the plot and just destroying everything. Um, But we, since we took over, we've started selling into the the Melbourne flower markets. We do wholesale to florists um, as well. So it's, it's nice when you talk to different customers and they say, Oh, we used to buy from your farm 10 years ago when such and such owners were there. And it's really nice to kind of see that, you can keep supplying those people yeah. who've got the history of, of buying the flowers, which have, have been growing on the farm for over over 20 years now. Yeah, that's awesome. So who are you selling? Am I allowed to ask who you're selling to at market just for people who are local in Melbourne? Yeah, so we, we sell into Mr. Fresh. Um, they're fantastic. Um, they've, yeah. they've been great. And then wholesale yeah. around Geelong, Ballarat region as well. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we'll start doing a bit more around Melbourne as well. Yeah. And did you find it hard to get 
into the wholesale market to start off with? Was it quite hard to get your product out there or people were just straight away onto it? You know um, what? It was, people were like, straight away onto it. It was a bit it. of a shortage. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I yeah. think we sort of hit the ground when there was that awkward period when COVID was first hitting and they just weren't getting the supply of flowers and you had Mother's Day mm-hmm. where they just didn't have enough and so we were sort yeah. of lucky that we were able to get in there and people were able to see the quality of the product that um, you know they wanted to keep buying after that but I think this year will be interesting now that things have opened up a little bit more to see what demand is like for natives in particular but we honestly yeah. we honestly you know found it relatively easy to kind of build the market um, I just feel bad sometimes because you have to turn people away when you when you sort of say, I don't have anything left, I'm really sorry. Because <laughs> there there has yeah, been such a yeah. high demand. But um yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a good twelve months and yeah, we'll wait and see what twenty twenty one brings us. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna bring you lots of amazing things. <laughs> so it sounds pretty great. So what are the seasons for you um are you picking now or not really so this is this is a little bit of our downtime um we we have a little bit at the moment our banks years have mostly just finished we have a few more which are still um poking their heads through that we're picking a little bit sporadically at the moment um, we have our protein aerofolia, which is probably a week or so from blooming. We have a little bit of the reapens, which are coming through, but we, to be honest, we don't have a great number of those plants left because they, um, they got damaged in the storms over Christmas period. Um, but apart from that, mm. we have a bit of leucodendron that's starting, but apart from that, it probably will hit for us in March is when our season will start and that's when we have our pink ice, our cream minks, our cesara. Um, We have the Southern Cross coming through. We have the Nerifolia, which continues to come through, all the different versions of leucodendron. That sort of takes us through to Mm. probably September, October. Um, And we have pretty good supply during that period and then, in September, we, we start with the Lucasburnum, so the pink cushions, the fire wheels. Um, we've got a number of varieties yeah. of those which come through. And our lovely kings start around that period. Um, and yeah. that sort of takes us through to January, early January, probably first week of Jan. Um, and during that period, the Banksia starts um which takes us to now and then we have a little bit of a hiatus before we start again. Yeah, and lovely. It's good to hear that because as a florist, you deal with a lot of people who just think that natives are all year round. Oh, yes, yeah. (laughs) You can just get king proteas all year round because they're Australian, you know, they're Australian-grown and... It can be quite. You can't see me right now, but I'm nodding furiously. I've had so many DMs lately yeah. of, of brides and florists saying, "Do you have any natives? I really want some proteas for a wedding in March." And like, I'm really sorry, it's just not the yeah. right time. 
I know, I know. I always try to push those people and say, you're getting married at the wrong time of year. <laughs> but at the same time, anyway, at the same know. time, I completely understand where these brides are coming from because when I was getting married, all I wanted was peenies. And I didn't care that it was the wrong time of season. Yeah. I just said to my florist, you need to find some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Um but it's good to know, and I think it's also good for people to know who are coming into the industry, what, yeah, what's flowering at what yep. time of year. It's and good, when you can, yeah, good thing to have when you can plan mind. your family holidays. Yes. <laughs> so this is incredible that only in this short year you know all of these botanical flower names. You've built up all of this knowledge. What has been your biggest success so far, do you think? Mm, the biggest success? The biggest success, I think, is actually getting this off the ground. Um, and act actually, one of my biggest successes is there was a number of plants which last year looked just down and out. And I remember... Um, one of the guys from Proteoflora came out um, and I gave him a tour around the plot and I remember him saying to me, yeah, this one's gone, Jade. Um, you're just going to have to rip it out and start again. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that next year. But in the meantime, I might prune it pretty aggressively and see where it goes. And it's so, it's so exhilarating walking through the plot now and seeing the growth that has come through on some of those plants and seeing the beautiful long stems and the flowers coming through it's just such a it's such a lovely feeling to have you know looked at these plants 12 months ago and how sad they looked um and then now just seeing mm. all the beautiful long growth um coming through I think that's probably one of the biggest successes I've seen over the last 12 months Awesome. Yeah, that must feel really good, especially when the um, person who's very knowledgeable about it told you to rip them out <laughs> and you're like, oh, goodness, they can laugh. So what has been not your biggest, um, your biggest learning curve? The biggest learning curve is just actually learning about all of these botanicals and learning about the flowers mm -hmm. and um what they like and what they don't like and just navigating the industry more broadly. Um, that's been a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and there's been a lot of trial and error, I'd say, um, you know, making sure that you're picking at exactly the right time. So the bees and the birds haven't destroyed the plants. I must say it's so sad sometimes when you see pictures and you're like, oh, it's been being attacked by a bird and doesn't look as pretty as what it, it could but I think it's just learning you know mm -hmm. the right the optimal times um, that's probably been one of the biggest challenges for us um, it's been a massive learning curve but I already see the the learnings from last year coming into this season and you know learning from those mistakes that you made in prior year and making sure that you're not doing them again this year yeah yeah and what would you say to somebody who is sort of starting out maybe on this 
flower farming journey. Oh, and I also wanted to ask you about pricing. Maybe we'll skip back to the price. But how did you learn how to price your flowers? Because that's something I think that always comes up. And did you just ask around? Yeah, yeah, I asked around. Um, I was forever sending messages saying, hey, probably an inappropriate question, but (laughs) Um, and also just, you know, relying on some of the relationships that we built with florists as well and and saying, well, what do you normally Mm. pay for this? Um, And people have been really great at helping us out in that respect and and I think on the pricing front we probably went under in the first year because we wanted to establish um establish a market and we wanted to build relationships which I think is so important um we probably erred on the side of caution as well in in doing the pricing but I mean even today I'm still learning about how much these plants should be priced at and I'll quite often say to people hey this is what I'm I'm charging but let me know if that's a problem and some people will come back and say well I normally pay x y and z and and I'm generally happy to come to the party on those those situations because I am still learning differs on a year-by-year basis as well from what I'm sort of understanding about the industry because things kind of go in cycles around popularity and what's in and what's not in and you know, there might be some years where there's a whole lot of new growers and so the demand, sorry, the supply is a lot greater than what it has in prior years and I think that kind of impacts pricing as well. So I think it's it's kind of a year-on-year yeah. process that you need to go through and a bit of trial and error and, and working out where the market sits. But would love to see a bit of transparency yeah. around it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And do you have any desire to export your flowers? Is that something you've thought about because of being able to get maybe a higher Yeah, and, I, and I've been them? contacted by so many people, um, both interstate and internationally, about uh, exporting the flowers because I think there is a, a lack of supply out there and definitely a lack of supply of quality. So it has, um, yeah. it is on my radar. And it is something that we might look to in the future. But I think that servicing the Australian market is utmost and foremost the priority for us and making sure that that market is, you know, fully um, serviced um, is, is definitely something that we're focusing on. But I also think that we need to, before we even think about exporting any flowers, we need to increase um significantly the the quantity of our plot and the flowers that we have um that we have on offer yeah okay yeah just an interesting question I thought because I have wondered sometimes I know a few years back it was so hard to get native flowers they just weren't anywhere and it was I was told from a wholesaler it was because all of the farmers were exporting their flowers because they could get a higher price overseas than what the Australian market was offering and we were getting imported (laughs) flowers here and just seemed absolutely crazy so I really hope that 
this whole local flower movement can just boost the Australian, um, you know, flower industry and give people like you the backing that you deserve. Absolutely. Um, but it's so it's so interesting you say yeah. that because I was talking to one of my regular florists the other day um, and she was telling me, you know, four or five years ago she was paying 50 cents for a Banksia and now you sort of sell them wholesale four, five, six dollars. I think if you buy them retail, you might be paying, you know, ten, fifteen dollars a stem. But she's like, you know, four or five years yeah. ago they just weren't in demand and you could buy them so cheaply and it's funny how kind of things become in vogue and um, become popular again. Yeah. So have you decided on your farm to farm in any sort of way? Do you use plastic no, sleeves no plastic. or have you made decisions? <laughs> no. um, yeah, okay. We, we yeah. try as yeah, yeah. much as possible to um, be conscious of the environment. Um, as much as possible, you know, we'll, we'll provide flowers unbunched in buckets because that way you're not um, – you're not – using plastic you're not using rubber bands um and it's sort of more in that natural state i think when we do sell wholesale and we do um sell to some florists we do bunch them using rubber band but definitely no plastic sleeves and if if the wholesalers ask me to do that my my response is i'd, I'd prefer not to mm, yeah okay yeah Good to know. And if people want to get in touch with you and want to buy your flowers, how would they do So that? we're still in the process of setting up our website. Um, so, so that's not, not quite ready. But generally, if anybody wants to contact us, our Instagram page via direct message or via email, um, to nawariprotease at gmail.com is, is the best way to, to get in touch with us um, if you're looking for any flowers. We do mostly wholesale, but we do do some retail as well. I do have some people locally who like to come and get a few bunches for their, for their living rooms and kitchens and so forth. So we do do that. Um, okay. Yeah, happy to, happy to support as much as possible. Yeah, great. And what's your favourite flower on your farm? Let's just do your farm. This is like (laughs) asking you who your favourite child is. (laughs) Um, What's my my favourite flower? You you can't go past the king. Um, We have the most beautiful pink kings on the property. We have about three or four hundred plants of pink kings which is just amazing so definitely one of my favorites but the other the other one which I really enjoyed seeing last year was the southern cross protea um it's like a pink and cream ombre with you know cream inside it's just absolutely beautiful it's like a pink, yeah. um, like the pink on it is like a pink highlighter. It's very, very pretty. Um, but I'm also really, yeah. really, really excited by two proteas that we've just planted. Um, one of them is called the Grandicolor, which we got from Ozflora. 
and I, I like to describe this one as a white chocolate raspberry bullet um, because it's it's sort of white on the outside but it's got this oh. pink center which is really pretty um, and then the other one and this is just showing my love of confectionery but the other one is called a pink cream which kind of reminds me <laughs> of a strawberry and cream because it's pink on the outside and cream on the inside so yeah they're two of my new favorites oh, sounds amazing yeah great um does it surprise you how much you've fallen in love with these flowers um it does absolutely 100 percent um if you had said to me five years ago I was going to become a flower farmer I would have laughed at you but there is something really lovely and really relaxing about just going out into the plot and cutting flowers and um, just watching the life cycle and watching things grow. Um, it's so rewarding that how can you not fall in love with it? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And if you had to leave, your farm if you've listened to the podcast you would have had this question um if you had to leave the farm what three things would you take with you three plant related things would um, you take with you definitely can't go past the Felco electric shears because they have multiple purposes um flower related so this so the electric shears a pair of secateurs and my gloves. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And what kind of gloves are they? No. Are they special gloves? No. They're nice and pretty ones <laughs> with flowers just... on them. <laughs> Probably completely oh, inappropriate, but I love them. <laughs> and who has inspired you the most um, on this journey so far? Who has inspired me the most? Other growers. Um, I love stalking people's Instagram pages and I love seeing um, probably not just other growers but, but florists as well, seeing what they do with our flowers. I think it's just so amazing some of the mm-hmm. arrangements and centerpieces that people do. Um, I think it's just amazing. We had this, um, one of my lovely uh, clients, Sarah, at Casa Verde Flowers in Melbourne, um, was asked to do this amazing installation at North Melbourne Post Office uh, last year as part of the Melbourne the Urban mm-hmm. Blooms Festival in Melbourne. And she contacted me oh, and she yeah, said, great. "Hey Jade, um, I need bulk flowers, and I'm bringing a I'm bringing a thrifty truck, and I need you to fill me up." And honestly, I just went through and I was praying wow. and I was getting all of these offcuts and stuff that um, I wasn't going to be able to use, but also stuff that you know you, you supply and use in in posies and stuff as well. But it was so amazing to see the creation that came out of that. Um, of no wastage um, type approach to it so definitely when you see things like that it's inspiring um, and makes you just want to grow more and do more so yeah yeah cool and is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to share with people listening 
about um, your flower farm? I, I, I think we've probably covered covered everything. Um, I think watch this space because we have so many new varieties, um, a few new rarer plants as well, which are going into the ground, which, you know, should be productive in the next um, 18 months or so. So definitely watch this space. And if you are thinking about, if anyone's thinking about starting a protea on native farm please reach out I'm always happy to share my experience I know that I certainly leaned on a lot of people throughout my journey um, so definitely definitely keen to share my knowledge and just highly encourage people to support local and support the grown not flown movement I think it's such a wonderful um, movement and as I said to you at the start of this call Beck thank you for this podcast and shining a light on farmers and, and growers like myself I think it's amazing what you're doing well thank you thank you for being part of it it's been so lovely to hear your story and also from a protea native flower farmer too because <laughs> we don't have many of you out there so it's awesome to hear your side of the story and thank you for saving all of those plants thank you, thank you my husband my husband my husband says it was 24 hours 24 hours from bulldozing the entire lot so um yeah we were, we were very lucky Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Dish the Dirt. Thank you so much to Jade from Noara Flower Farm for taking the time out to speak to me. If you would like to get in touch with Jade, you can do so via Instagram at Noara Flower Farm or you can find their flowers at the Wholesale Market at Epping in Victoria. So that's it for this week. You know what to do. If you want to be part of the podcast, you can email me at dishthedirt at gmail.com. Or you can shoot me a message on Instagram. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been a part of this podcast so far. It's so wonderful to get to speak to people all around the country every single week. How fabulous. Uh, Get out there this weekend and go to a local market, buy some local flowers, get amongst it and keep being blooming fabulous.